Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. We don't need intimate hygiene washes. The industry was created for a problem that doesn't exist, our smelly vaginas. Our vagina, the smell of it changes throughout our monthly cycle. Our discharge changes too. Welcome back to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast. I am your host as always, Adele Johnston, the Menopause Coach, and I am joined with a very special guest. With me today is Sam Evans. Sam is the co-founder of Joe Divine, an online sex toy company, which is also founded with her husband, Paul, back in 2007. And they specialize in selling skin-safe sex toys and irritant-free lubricants and vaginal moisturizers. Sam has a professional background in nursing with extensive knowledge about intimate health. And she helps people to talk about and discover ways to enjoy sex in whatever way they want or can, whatever your age, whatever your gender, your sexual orientation, disability or health challenge, she is there to help. Sam works within the NHS and the private sector to help advise patients about sexual function and is featured on mainstream TV such as Sex Myths and the Menopause with Davina McCall. So we're super privileged to be able to have your brain today for this episode, Sam. Now we went live about a year ago now, actually, when I was looking back, it was the 24th of March last year, which just seems insane. And for those of you that want to dive into the world of lubricants and sex toys, then please go and watch that live episode. Sam and I leave no stone unturned in that live episode. You can click the show notes to go ahead and access that. Because today we are going to chat vulva health and cleansing and how to clean your vulva the right way. So Sam, welcome to the Menopause Coach Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I always love talking to you, Adele. It's always so much fun. Amazing. I can't wait. Honestly, I I love it. So before we get started on this, I actually, I think that this would be a really, really cool thing to hear is how did you get into doing what you're doing? And I know that other listeners right now will be thinking, how do you go from being inside a nursing background to then running a really amazing, beautiful sex toy and lubricant company? It's all my husband's fault. (laughs) I have a nursing background, but when we set up a company, I was just, I was raising the children. I had given up my nursing for the time being, and he was working in IT and banking, And there was just one time he said, why don't they have sex toy parties for couples like they do with Anne Summers parties? And so we started exploring it. And and actually at that time, there were a couple of really good, luxurious, high-end sex toy brands that come to market, Lalo and Fun Factory. And also the Yes Organic Lubricants and Moisturiser had also been created, I think, a couple of years before. So we started looking into that. I did some market research with friends and had them round and gave them wine and made chocolate truffles for them and showed them products. And they were really, you know, the feedback was really good. And I did different groups as well, different age groups and people from different sort of demographics and people I knew really well, people I didn't know very well. But the feedback was really good. So from there, we set up the company with the view to only sell really high quality products. And weirdly enough, it wasn't, I didn't really have a lot of knowledge about 
the sex toy ingredients at the time, though I sort of feel like I'm an expert now. We just knew that they were really good products. So my history is that in my 20s and 30s, I met Paul when I was 23, we started using two of the most well-known sexual lubricants out there. And I started getting recurrent infections. So I constantly got thrush, bacterial vaginosis, the fishy smelling discharge you need antibiotics for. I would get cystitis. I got UTIs. And also I was working in renal. So I kept thinking I was going into my kidneys were failing. It was every time we had sex, which that then in turn led to vaginismus so that my pelvic floor muscles tighten. That's a condition where the muscles tighten of the pelvic floor. It makes sex feel uncomfortable or very painful or not possible. And there's so many reasons for vaginismus as well, both sort of physical and mental as well, um, the impact of it. And it is very common. Um, it's more common than is actually being reported, but there is effective treatment for it. So every time we were having sex, I'd be lying there thinking, am I going to be up all night on the loo with cystitis? Am I going to be itching on the wall tomorrow? With thrush, which then led to my body protecting itself by going, my head was going, Yes, I want sex. My vagina's going, No, you're not coming in here. So, you know, and I had no idea. I was diagnosed at 30. I went to seek advice from the GP and I got offered stress management. And I think then we moved to New York. So I didn't pursue it and anything. And it just sort of carried on. At no point during my journey of vaginismus or getting recurrent infections, and you remember this time, you couldn't get caniston over the counter you had to have it on prescription so I had numerous prescriptions for caniston I would have antibiotics obviously I was taking um, cystitis treatment and I had you know sort of antibiotics for bacterial vaginosis not one doctor asked me about even what are you washing yourself with what washing powder are you using because they're common things that can cause irritation you know ask me about my diet because sometimes people find that you know maybe if they eat too much sugar I'm not sure what that connection is really with your vaginal um, thrush that you have it could affect your gut flora what type of lube are you using for sex are you using any lube is it something out of your kitchen cupboard what type of sexual activity are you having there was nothing not one person asked me and the only advice I ever got from a gynecologist was to iron the gusset of my knickers to kill the thrush bugs, which is good advice. We don't have time to do that. But he didn't come up with anything else. And even now on my journey, when I tell people the reason why I talk about ingredients, because the ingredients of lubes can actually cause these issues, I still have medical and healthcare professionals sort of poo-pooing my ideas and going, oh, that can't possibly be true. And I often say, well, do you own a vagina? Were you there in the bedroom when I had all these infections or when I was having vaginismus? I am quite blunt because I find it tiresome and I've advised so many people now for whom it's that light bulb moment when you say to them, well, we recommend using these lubricants. Well, I use this. I said, well, you know, it's got these ingredients and it can cause thrush or irritation. Oh, yeah, I do get thrush. And it's almost like that. Oh, actually, that could be causing my thrush, you know. So that's the reason why I'm so passionate, because I feel very angry about it still. Um, I'm 55 and I feel very angry that I struggled for so many years and actually nobody helped me. And the fact is people really care about what they put on their skin, their hair, their body, their makeup, but no thought to what they're putting inside their vagina, on their vulva, on their penis or inside their anus. You know, and yet your vulva and vagina are the most highly absorbent parts of your body. And so, you know, anything that you're putting in there can cause irritation. Um, so it, it drives me potty because it's led to the, you know, this whole intimate hygiene industry. A lot of the products contain the ingredients that actually cause the issues that these products are being sold to resolve. So it's, um, you know, I always say to people, if there's one thing you take away, 
be an ingredients detective. <laughs> That's the most important thing. I love that. And you know, it just, it brings me back to, there's been a few occasions that I have been very privileged to message you and ask some questions about some ingredients around, you know, I think we, we do, we get a lot of different intimate type ranges. And I think one of the big things for me, um, and you know, I've shared this many times, but a lot of my early perimenopause symptoms were vaginally related, both internal, so to the, the vagina, but also on the vulva. And we can talk a little bit about what the differences are there in a moment. But I then found that even going in, and I'm a massive lover of a bubble bath, a massive lover of a bath oil bath or a salts bath, but very irritated for a long time using a lot of these beautiful products, you know, very, very lush products, Um, not lush the brand, but lush products as in very nice. Would it help then if just before we go into the difference between then the kind of vulva and the vagina for you to maybe give us an, an overview of what are the kind of watch out for's if we are talking about ingredients of items and then we can maybe come on to what we can do to actually cleanse and clean ourselves effectively. Okay, so the most important ingredients that you should be looking out for so it's glycerin. Glycerin is often listed one of the first ingredients, certainly in sexual lubricants and vaginal moisturisers, um, but it's also sort of in washes as well, certainly intimate washes. Glycerin creates a sugary environment for thrush to thrive. It basically is a sugar. So, And also it makes a product feel very, very sticky and tacky. And if you're using it in a lube, it's neither sexy nor pleasurable. And it also irritates as well. You then got propylene glycol. So again, that's another well-known vaginal irritant. That actually irritates sort of the epithelial cells of the, the vagina. Um, and often products will say they're glycerin-free, they're parabens-free, but they've still got propylene glycol in them. So you've really got to be a detective with that. And it's often the ingredient when you first put a product on, you know, be it a wash or a lube or a moisturiser, it causes stinging. And also it's not just on a vulva or vagina, it can be on a penis and an anus too. So again, you know, penile tissue is very sensitive, but obviously it hasn't got that great sensitivity like the vulva and vagina. Then parabens, they are preservatives in a lot of products. They've been removed from a lot of skincare and body care products, but they are weak hormone disruptors and we really still don't know what they do. And also they, they are irritants. Then you've got dyes. So obviously anything that is, you know, colorants and things like that, they they irritate. You've got perfumes and some of these products are heavily perfumed. Yes, we've got um, flavoured lubes, which yes, are great, but I don't recommend them for sort of vaginal play. Um, if you want to use them for oral sex and then wash them off, that's great. As long as it's not causing irritation. But, you know, no one needs to smell like strawberries or vanilla, do they? I mean, our vagina has its own natural smell. And as soon as you start, you know, and also we're perpetuating the myths that our vaginas smell, therefore they need to smell like strawberries. There was a certain famous person the other day who with her gum vaginal gummy whatever they were gummies to make your vagina smell like pineapple and also we've got things like alcohol which is very drying to the tissues of the skin you know it's like when you put something on your skin externally that has alcohol in it and even some leaves have got glitter in them disco vulva i have no idea but also you have other ingredients so we've got sorbitol has started to appear and stuff well that actually if you google it it comes up in the whole list of glycerin so again it creates that sugary environment 
Um, and people really do try to hide what's actually in a product. And it's really frustrating. And, you know, and there are other things. There are lots of preservatives. There are lots of sort of antibacterial um, ingredients as well. You know, and actually you need to look. Things like chlorhexidine. Chlorhexidine to me was something we used in the NHS to clean and to wash our hands with. And we had chlorhexidine hand wash. So why would you want to put that inside your vagina? So just be aware of it. And the other thing as well, there's CBD lubes. This is the new thing, the new kids on the block. We don't know what CBD does to the microbiome of the vagina. We don't have any clinical evidence-based research as yet. And sort of all the information is anecdotal. When I get contacted by brands and they go, it'll be perfect for your website. I'm going, well, you clearly don't know who I am and why we've got these products on our website and why we wouldn't put your products on our website. Whenever I ask for the research, no one ever comes back to me. They go, oh, but our customers say, well, that's not good enough. I sell products we have the research for that the ingredients have been researched. There is research out there to say that don't use these products. It can cause irritation. It's not advisable. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is irritating the tissues of the vulva vagina. The problem is if you reach for that intimate wash because you've been brainwashed into thinking, unfortunately, by the intimate hygiene industry, that you need to wash your vulva because you can't wash your vagina because it's inside you and it's self-cleaning anyway with this product. And actually, these products are causing a lot of the irritation and thrush and bacterial vaginosis, which means then you go and grab another product to treat that. You then treat your thrush. You then go back to using your wash or your lube and it's a vicious circle because you're constantly getting thrush and irritation. And that often when you get into that cycle, I think you do become more sensitive. I think people, once they've had a lot of sensitivities, you know, you do become an expert as well when you find out what works for you. Because some people have cast iron vulvas and vaginas, they'll never get thrush. But it affects about something like 70% of the population of people with a vulva and vagina. But I think it's probably higher than that. Yeah, they will actually, it's apparently in the top three Google search terms, thrush. And remember also, not all itching is thrush. There are other genital skin conditions like lichen sclerosis. So again, if you haven't had it checked out, you could be washing yourself with a product, which is actually exacerbating your issues. A lot of these products as well, a lot of water-based lubricants are hyperosmotic. So they actually draw moisture out the walls of the vagina and exacerbate vaginal dryness. So you're using a lube for vaginal dryness, which might help in the short term, but long term, and certainly in menopause when people have vaginal atrophy, it actually exacerbates your problem. So again, and they're, they're hyperosmotic because of the ingredients that they actually contain. So again, you know, just be really careful about what you're using. I think what we can see from this is it's not as simple as saying you just need to watch out for this one ingredient being in there because actually there's quite a lot that we see as a standardised ingredient list that are not helpful. If we look at this from a point of, we've mentioned the words vagina and you've said how that is the inside part. So if we think about, and this is not a vulva vaginal educational episode, but if we just cover this off, because I feel like for myself, this was certainly never something that I got any education on. Okay. And I think that what's really important for me being a woman with female anatomy and having twin 12 year olds, 12 and a half now, it's important for me that they actually do have the education around the fact that they can touch their their vulva and vagina to see and feel what is normal for them. They can look at it and it's not shameful. They can understand the different parts of it. And there's no shame in knowing that actually there's around 12 different parts 
to the vulva itself, which is a, a kind of blanket term, if we like, for the outside parts that we can see. And then that internal part is our vagina. And for anybody that is unclear, please do not feel shamed or guilt around being unclear. I did not know all the 12 different areas of the vulva before I got involved in women's health properly. But there's an amazing booklet that is available on Etsy or Etsy, however you want to say it, written by Joe Coral and being checked over by Dr. Azizi Sesey who we've also interviewed on the episode number 31 of our podcast. So you can go and check that out if you want to hear what we talk about around vulvas. But this booklet is brilliant. It's called This is the Vulva. And I bought copies for myself and for my girls so that we could sit and look through it. For those of you that are a little bit squeamish, there are actual photographs of many different vulvas of women from all over the world, which is just beautifully put together. But just bearing in mind that if you are a bit squeamish, there is actual photographs in there. But it helps you to see all the different parts of what you own right now. So definitely go and take a look at that. So I kind of feel like the natural progression for where we are right now. We've talked a bit about lubricants or or moisturizers, what they might contain that don't support ourselves. So if we look at this from a perspective of washing our vulva safely, okay, because we've already covered that the vagina, so the part that is inside does itself. How can we wash our vulva safely? The Royal College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists say only wash with water. Okay, this is really important that you do only wash with water what you can use is you know a flannel and just sort of gently wash sort of in the folds or in the shower you know with a gentle shower spray just sort of gently shower you're not douching you're not putting anything up there because all this stuff disrupts your microbiome your friendly bacteria that keeps things happy and healthy but some people have grown up thinking they've got to scrub their vulvas and vaginas. They've always soaked it up. They've always used shower gel. I mean, I used shower gel in the past, you know, as well. And these products, as I said, they contain those ingredients that will dry the tissues of the vulva. So I always say to people, you only wash with water. But if some people are very, very dry, they might have a genital skin condition or they may be having vaginal atrophy. Your GP can prescribe a gentle emollient for you. This is something that's quite thick and it's sort of almost creamy. You can actually use it as a wash. And there are several that don't contain the ingredients that um, I mentioned, but there are some that do contain those ingredients. So again, be an ingredients detective, but just gently, you know, either shower gently with water or just get your flannel and gently wash between the, the folds. And also you could use like a muslin cloth because they're really, really gentle. And obviously muslin cloths, the more you wash them, I use them for, you know, um, or for, for cleansing my face, washing my face. You know, they're really, really gentle if the tissues, you know, are quite sore because some people find that, you know, certainly in menopause, the vulval tissue splits, it thins, it becomes sore, it can bleed, you know, and that's so important that people actually do speak to their doctor because they can take vaginal estrogen, there are creams or pessaries, but also they can, you know, use a good vaginal moisturiser. And that's really important from a washing point of view. And also be aware, we've talked about your lovely bubble bath. Yes, I used to love a long soak in the bath when I was a nurse, which probably really didn't help my intimate health. But I learned quite quickly not to put anything in the water. And I know when my daughter was very little, she got given a bath bombs, you know, and they looked like sweets. It was, I hate bath bombs, but, and she just chucked it in the bath before I knew and she jumped in the bath. And I literally 
day later she got thrush you know and she is you know she unfortunately i think she's probably a bit prone to sort of those conditions as well so bath bombs i say to people be really careful about using them if you get gifted them you know don't throw them away crunch them up stick them in a bowl of hot water and soak your feet in it (laughs) but don't put it in your bath you know even walking past that certain shop and where I live, it makes my nose itch. (laughs) So I'm thinking, you know, I wouldn't want to put that in my bath. So I say to people, be really careful about what you're actually using to wash yourself in the bath or the shower, you know, and it's trial and error. And obviously, if you start to get irritation, then think, could it be my bubble bath? Is it my shower gel? But we don't need intimate hygiene washes. The industry was created for a problem that doesn't exist, our smelly vaginas. Our vagina, the smell of it changes throughout our monthly cycle. Our discharge changes too. Obviously, if it's a very fishy smelling discharge or smell, that could be bacterial vaginosis. And you need to have that swabbed and you require antibiotics to treat it. And it might need two courses of antibiotics because it's quite stubborn to get rid of. But, you know, you don't need to be washing yourself with an intimate wash. Your intimate wash is actually doing more harm than good. And perpetuating that myth that you have to wash yourself. And they're often described as vaginal washes. But you can't wash your vagina because you can't get up inside there and you shouldn't because it's it's self-cleaning. It's got friendly bacteria that we absolutely love. So don't wash away your friendly bacteria. That's all I say to people. So really, you know, wash with water. But it is hard because people have grown up with this. My mum, you know, washing quite vigorously and using talc as older women do. I have done in the past. You know, I had that with patients as well. All these things, it's just the way in which you've been brought up. You know, and actually there weren't the number of intimate washes and products out there as there are now on our heaving shelves in our supermarkets and across the high street as well. So, you know, it's really important. Just wash with water. Sorry, that was a long answer to say to just say just wash with water. But I do feel very passionate about this because I advise a lot of people who suddenly realise that actually what they're using is causing their issues. I think this is and I never apologise for a big beautiful answer like that. I think it's really important that we provide as much information, you know, evidence based and science backed as possible, so that we can let these beautiful listeners make their own decisions and feel empowered to say, well okay, so if it's just water, then trial it, right? I think this is where we get to then say, I don't know what's causing irritation for me. And for some women that both you and I have the beautiful privilege of speaking with, they've maybe had years of ongoing recurrent infections on and years of ongoing and current issues and challenges. So actually, this is your body's way of telling you something isn't quite right. And when we actually stop, listen, pay attention, and, you know, understand what feels, but also what looks normal for us. You and I were chatting off air there before we hit record and I'd said to you how, you know, my vulva on the outside has changed a lot since being in my perimenopause and just with age as well. You know, I'm hitting 40 this August. I'm actually quite excited about it. I'm not feeling nervous. Um, And I think what happens here is they are meant to change. We're not meant to keep our, you know, very young pre-adolescent vulva. It's not meant to stay like that. But what we can then do is become a, a bit, let's just say subdued around checking ourselves. So therefore we don't know what looks and feels normal. Now you mentioned about 
And I know that this has come up in conversations with many of my close girlfriends as well around how we potentially will want to wash, especially if we're maybe having a heavy bleed, for example, we might want to then wash where we are both vaginally and um, our vulva. But we know now, water only, light spray, no douching, but just a light spray of the shower head, even if we want to do that. But what about how, how would you advise those ladies who psychologically feel that they are smelling? Would there be anything that you would recommend from that point of view? No, not really, because my point of view is that you don't need anything. And if you're actually going to be spraying it, you know, because I've had my mum there with the impulse spray, you know, and I think I probably did it when I was a teenager at school as well, spraying between your legs. Again, all these things are going to exacerbate your issues. Um, I think that's really important. I mean, going back to periods as well, there are scented menstrual products on the market so you know I've been in boots and my daughter sniffing the the packets of tum of the of pads going well, is it scented you know and she's occasionally bought the wrong one not realized it said scented on it she's ended up with irritation I had no idea these didn't exist years ago and also perfume condoms as well we have as well which is god knows why we need perfume condoms I have no idea obviously there are cleansers and washes out there you know some people are always going to use them but I don't recommend them I don't use them I don't sell them you know and I actually also think look back to my periods which used to be quite heavy and painful and I don't recall once I got educated I don't recall using lots of soap or anything to wash myself I mean some people say you know you can use a gentle soap but it's kind of like but again soap can be very drying you know and things that have sodium lauryl sulfate that's well known for drying out the tissues so it is difficult, but we do, we have a musky smell. Now, people sometimes recommend the wipes, which I know really should be banned, quite frankly, because they pollute the environment. But sometimes those things might help, you know, sort of after the gym, if you don't have a chance to shower, you know, if you're at a festival, you know, there may be scenarios where these products would be great to use because you don't have access to running water. But, you know, my rule of thumb is that you just wash with water but for some people they're never going to get over that psychological feeling of oh gosh I can smell myself you know can other people smell me no they can't smell you there are far more smellier people out there like with armpits so it's kind of like you know when you're on the tube um, sorry, I can't I can't smell your vagina but you know that person over there's probably got you know could do with a bit of um, washing them under their armpits so it's hard to persuade people not to do it my frustration is with young girls at school young girls and teens you know there's a famous a well-known uh intimate wash and unfortunately it's being promoted on instagram she's been paid to do it she's a doctor and it is really frustrating she's got a lot of followers a lot of young girls are following her yeah and my daughter said oh yeah she said that was the wash of choice when she was at her girls school you know and she would say to the girl she don't need to use a wash so i think again we need to be tackling younger girls and actually a lot of young women now are telling their mums or their nanas or their aunties not to use these washes because they've educated us which is really nice actually um, and saying well actually you know I've sort of read that you really shouldn't be using that wash mom you know and that actually could be causing all your irritation so 
you know, we educate ourselves in both directions as well. So I can't really reassure those people that much because if you think that you smell, you're going to reach for something to conceal that smell. But as I said about the fishy smelling discharge, if you're actually trying to wash away bacterial vaginosis, you can't. It needs antibiotic treatment. And actually by constantly washing, you're just going to exacerbate your symptoms. So it's not going to go away. So, you know, that's why you need, you know, medical intervention and and antibiotics to get rid of it. Okay, so maybe just for those of you listening to this thinking, oh, I know I should just be using water, but I'm not. Invitation from this episode to consider a trial of reducing your washing treatments and just see what happens over the course of maybe a one week period initially and just see how that feels for you. Now, I actually read somewhere that intimate washes create something like three to four times higher risk of bacterial infection, which I think you will agree with around the conversation we've just had, um, but also that they can between two to three times higher risk of UTIs, so urinary tract infections. And we know that UTI instances, don't really want to use the word risk because it sounds so severe, but instances of UTIs are way more common in our perimenopause and postmenopausal years. The instances of those types of conditions and infections can actually increase with the reduction of our estrogen. And we know that with the reduction of estrogen, especially around the vaginal area, that that can bring a lot more problems and and, and for some women, really quite traumatic experiences. I just wanted to touch upon then, if we move away from washing the, va- the vagina, the vulva, but more coming into lubricants and moisturizers, because this is an area that you are very expert and specialist around. I'm interested to understand a bit more around, and you did make a a reference to this at the start, we moisturise our face. So why would we not moisturise our vulva? Can you talk to me and and our listeners a little bit around that and the concept of it? It just keeps the tissues moisturised, hydrated and flexible so that they don't split, they don't become sore. And we're actually preventing those micro abrasions that actually can happen when the tissues are very dry and if you're having penetrative sex or you know someone's using their fingers or you're using a sex toy and those micro abrasions then actually can open you up to infection and irritation and the tissues can bleed as well and often I have women going oh can't I just use the body moisturizer that I no because it it's that's designed for external use. It was never designed to use on your external genitalia because it has its own microbiome and because of the ingredients that are actually in that product. So when I say to people, well, you know, do you moisturize your vagina or vulva? And they go, what are you talking about? But you know, for me, I have an intimate regime which works really well, which means that I can enjoy good intimate health having struggled for so many years and pleasurable sex as well because it makes sex feel so much more comfortable and obviously if it's comfortable and pleasurable I'm going to want more of it as well because it's good for me I say to people you know I have an intimate regime so I use pessaries three times a week until pessaries pop them up inside my vagina three times a week I use yes vaginal moisturizer twice a week pop that up inside my vagina on different days and I use any excess and leftover to just moisturise into my vulval tissue. Um, I also use Sutil Lux, which is a long-lasting water-based sexual lubricant, which can be used as a moisturiser too. But I use the Sutil Lux for any sex play and to moisturise, and I only wash with water. And that works for me. And actually, it's a regime that I have told to hundreds and hundreds of women who then come back and go, wow, 
that has made such a difference since I've ditched using that wash or that lubricant or that moisturiser that my GP prescribed. Because sadly, we do have a couple of moisturisers on prescription that do contain these irritating ingredients that I've talked about. So if your GP is going to prescribe you something, just ask them what the ingredients are. And basically, my view is, why not? Because why not moisturise your vulva and vagina? Because they're ageing like the rest of your body. So we're slapping on 100 pound pots of moisturiser on our face to stave off ageing um, or just to, you know, to keep the skin supple. So why shouldn't we be doing it to our, our vulva and vagina? Um, and this is really important. A moisturiser is different to a lube, even though the suteal can be used as both. But a moisturiser generally tends to be sort of longer lasting. It's used about every three days inside the vagina, though I moisturise my vulva every day with a bit of suteal just to keep everything flexible as well. Um, And again, going back to ingredients, as I said, lots of those ingredients that I've talked about will cause and exacerbate vaginal dryness. So be really careful about what you're using. And I really want to say as well, we all know that menopause is on trend. Loads of us are in this space doing really positive work. However, people are cashing in, brands are cashing in. And just because it's got menopause on the label, don't assume that it's actually good for your menopausal vagina or vulva, you know, or it's being recommended by a celebrity or influencer or even a doctor. You know, um, it drives me potty. For me, I would say just be an ingredients detective and just be careful about what you're using because this is so important. There are so many of these products now and they're coming to market practically every week, you know, and I think that people assume because it's been designed for menopause, it must be fine. But actually, the vast majority are not. There are very few products out there that actually are good for your intimate health. Oh, you talked about the UTIs as well. I mean, obviously, I struggled with those. And I advise a lot of women who get recurrent UTIs. And once they go on to vaginal estrogen, they find that actually that can really help. We always send them back to their GP and say, ask for vaginal estrogen. But they also then adopt this intimate regime and that makes a difference because let's face it there's nothing worse than sort of having sex and thinking oh I'm going to get the UTI or as soon as you start getting a run of UTIs you're not going to want to have sex anyway because it triggers it um or cystitis there's nothing worse when you and that's why you do need to pee after sex to flush out anything um, and that might end up in the urethra but imagine that those moisturizers and lubricants aren't just going on your vulva inside your vagina they do track up inside your urethra which obviously is very close to your vagina so that can cause urethral irritation certainly around the entrance of the urethra so again you know it is really important that um you do moisturize and also you know, don't think just cheap you know why shouldn't we invest in our intimate health you know you might be spending 50 60 quid on a pot of moisturizer for your face well why don't you want to invest in 12 pound in a tube of lube that's going to last you quite a long while you know and you know it is the best lube you can possibly use that's my view is why would you want to use something that is two quid but you know it's full of ir- irritating grid and don't get me wrong some of the expensive stuff um out there contains the irritating ingredients too so don't just assume that if you're spending loads of money on something it's good for you check the ingredients label and also if you don't know what an ingredient is google it 
And you'll probably find it might be a parabens of some sort, a preservative. It might be a uh, something as an alternative to glycerin. You know, you will find that it will. Or it might be a dye. Um, so actually, do your googling and actually check the ingredients before you buy it and put it anywhere near your vulva and vagina. So clear. And I think just to summarise, then where we've come to with this, washing with water only. Not scrubbing, not douching, just a gentle wash. And if you do want to use something, then something gentle like a flannel or a muslin square. Vaginal estrogen, very protective for the vaginal area. So for those ladies listening to this that are thinking, do you know what? Yes, I'm a little bit more tender down there. Yep, things are feeling a little bit sore or tighter or more challenging when you are maybe having sex then considering that uh, vaginal estrogen is very helpful um, and because that is a localized estrogen it stays within the vaginal area it's not systemic like an HRT hormone replacement estrogen would be and then finally thinking about moisturizer and lubricant So bearing in mind that the microbiome, as Sam mentioned, within your vulva and vaginal areas is its own little ecosystem. And as we start to age, it's a beautiful process. Embrace it, enjoy it, but also be aware that maybe your regime needs to be altered with that as your body starts to change. It's being aware of what feels normal for you, both in terms of what feels normal in terms of how do I feeling myself, but also physically. Don't be frightened to touch your vaginal area, your vagina or your vulva. It is yours. It is beautiful. And as it changes, it might need a little bit more love and TLC from you. So bearing in mind that this gets to be as simple as wash with water, be aware that there is vaginal estrogen if you are really struggling, and also being aware that you have got beautiful moisturizers and lubricants to make life more enjoyable and a happier vulva. Because I too have been that woman who struggled to even put underwear on when my vulva was not in a happy place. That is something I didn't, didn't say as well. Whenever you can, take your knickers off. <laughs> Go commando. I wear long dresses in the summer and if around the house, just let the air get to your um, genitals. And also don't wear pajama bottoms in bed you know I have some lovely pajamas I just wear the tops take you know make sure that the air is getting to your genitals but yeah you know you might want to put your knickers on if you're going out to Sainsbury's or something <laughs> my mother always said put clean, clean underwear <laughs> in case you get run over but you know but actually I always say to people if you can take off your knickers and obviously if you're swimming and you're you're sitting around in a wet wet swimwear again that's always another thing you know take that off if you can all these things um that actually can cause irritation but one of my my mantra is always you know ingredients really matter when it comes to intimate health and pleasure and my other view is just because a product is slippery doesn't mean to say it's good for your vulva or vagina health you know, or sex play, because people assume that they can grab something out of the kitchen or bathroom cupboard or from their bedside table or their, you know, their their beauty products. Nope, <laughs> that's not actually um good either. Let's, so, let's not be doing that. No, exactly. Keep your cooking oils for cooking. <laughs> love it. Oh, I love this. This has been such an amazing episode. And I was laughing away at you saying, you know, round the house, no knickers when you've got a long dress on. 
I tend not to wear much underwear at all. I much prefer it being free and airing out. Obviously, yes, if we're going out to do the supermarket shop, we want to put some on. But ladies, I genuinely, or if we have any males or anybody who has just picked up this episode and listened to it and thinks this has really been such a lesson, such a beautiful episode to listen into. It sparked hopefully some changes for you to increase your own intimate health and happiness. For those of you that do want to connect with Sam, you can do so over on all the major platforms. But Sam, where are you most active and where can people come and chat with you? Okay, so I'm most active um, on Sam Talk Sex on Instagram. I often post little videos on there. You can also find um, Joe Divine is joe.divine. Obviously, the website is www.joedivine.com. There are hundreds of articles on there, how to use your lube, how to moisturize your vagina, you know, intimate health products, the ingredients that I've talked about, the products that we will only sell because they've got really good ingredients in them. That's probably it, really. We do have a Facebook page. It's not monitored as much as Instagram or our email. We're always happy to give you advice on the phone, by email. Only Paul and I see those emails if you want to actually sort of, you know, if you feel uncomfortable out sharing intimate details. But, you know, we're always happy to talk to you. And um, as I said, only Paul and I see those emails. And you can DM us as well. So you can DM me um, um, on Instagram or on Twitter. I'm Sam Talk Sex on Twitter. And it's Joe Divine UK on Twitter as well. So, um, but yeah, and there's loads of information on the blog. You know, if you type in menopause, about 12 different articles come up. But if you type in vagina or vulval health, articles will come up. So, you know, there's lots of information um, on the website to help you make the right choices and all I want you to do is check those ingredients if you're having a problem or think about what you're using have a look at what you're using and thinking could that potentially cause me a problem it may not be causing you a problem at the moment but it might do in the future so it'd probably be a good idea to switch to something that is skin safe and irritant free rather than you know carry on using a product But if you're happy using your product and you're not having a problem, then that's fine. I'm here to help those people who find that their products cause irritation and they're actually want they're concerned about what they're using and they want to make sure they're using the best ingredients possible amazing thank you so much for your life currency today you are a diamond for sharing all of your wealth of knowledge if you have loved this episode as much as i have loved recording it please do go ahead and give us a review i read every single one of your reviews that you leave and i will absolutely share it with sam any questions, you can just drop into any one of our DMs and we will be here holding space for you. Thank you, Sam, so much for being here. And until next time, I will speak with you all very soon. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing. To help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together, we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.